Speaking of kids, my firstborn child delivered her first baby early in the morning on Saturday. And I'll just, I'll just be honest with you, it was, it was not what she expected to happen. It was a very difficult deli- delivery. She was not able to have the baby naturally, and she ended up having to have a C-section. And in that process, she lost a lot of blood, and it was there for a moment. There was a, a real present fear that she might not make it. Um, just from our end, we didn't know what was going on with the doctor. Just the doctor came out and said, yeah, it was scary for a while, but they got her... Um, got her uh, stabilized and they took her to the ICU and so it was a long long night <laughs> leading up to um, to yesterday morning when I finally got home about 5 a.m. and took a little bit of a nap and and then got on with the rest of the day but so just be praying for my daughter her name is Bailey and pray that she will heal quickly she delivered a nine pound two two to three ounce <laughs> we, we're not sure there big baby all right chubby cute little baby that just looks like her dad you know not not my not me she looks like her dad um jessa june geiger was born at 12 40 on saturday morning so amen so we continue to grow grow the kingdom from the inside out so it's exciting so i used to have this reoccurring dream and it happened it happened a lot early on in my ministry when I was starting as a youth pastor. And I'd have this dream, and it would be, it'd go like this. I would be back home in my little hometown in southeast Kansas, Yates Center, Kansas. Anybody know where Yates Center, Kansas is? And he, hey, all right, got a few, uh, few faithfuls out there. And I would have this dream, and it'd always be my brother and I, and we'd always we'd always come back to town and, we, and somebody was coming to like take over the town and we were there to protect it. And my brother, my brother's this big, burly, like strong guy and he has lots of weapons and he would always like, his guns would always work with great power as he was trying to defend the town and mine would always like shoot out like rubber bullets <laughs> and bounce off of people. And it was so frustrating. It was, it was scary. It was frustrating. It didn't, make, it didn't even make any sense. It was kind of silly, really. You know, and I'd wake up and I'd like, man, that is just the weirdest dream. And I struggled with it for quite a while. Like, why am I, why don't I have any power in the dream? And so I was sharing that story with a guy named Chris Patterson. Anybody know Chris Patterson, a local guy here in town? was a huge in Young Life. Uh, when, I, when I actually started in youth ministry, it's through Young Life here in Platte City. And I was telling him about the dream one time and he said, Brady, I really think, I think it's a spiritual thing. And I really think it's that we need to pray for you to, to have power from the Lord. And he started praying for me and I stopped having that dream. It was really kind of bizarre. What about you? Do you have any reoccurring dreams you just have them over and over and over again. And like you can almost manipulate the dream in a way, but it never ends the way you want it to or it always ends the same maybe. And you're like, well, I just, why do I keep having this dream? Anybody had that experience? Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, just to, yeah, I just want to make sure that I'm, you understand where I'm going with this. Sometimes people say it's, you dream whatever it is you're thinking about right before you go to sleep. That's scary <laughs> in some ways. 
I dream about food a lot. <laughs> I'm thinking about food. Hungry. Um, my wife dreams about me every night, I'm sure. Right, honey? <laughs> Oddly is, she never tells me about it, though. I don't know. It's usually, maybe it's a usually a, it's a bad thing. I don't know. Do you guys know who Tim Hawkins is? He's a Christian com- he's a comedian. He's a guy, a guy super funny. He talks about how his wife got mad at him one time because she had a dream. And in her dream, he didn't do anything to protect her. She was getting eaten by a bear, and he just sat there and was playing with a rabbit or something. You know, it's like, in, in my dream, you didn't do, you did nothing to help me. And he's in trouble because of her that dream. It's like, what, what can he do, you know? It says that a person dreams um, four to six dreams each night. Four to six dreams each night. Each dream lasts about five to 20 minutes. While research suggests that 95 to, 90%, 90, 95 to 99% of the, a person's dreams are forgotten after they awake, some dreams both are unforgettable and life-changing, though. <laughs> you ever wake up and you're like, man, I just had this dream, and then it's like you start chasing it to remember it, and it runs away from you? Do you have that feeling? It drives me crazy. Like, man, I was just having this dream, and all of a sudden it's like gone. It disappears like smoke into the air. Dreams are referenced over 100 times in the pages of the Bible. And they include God supernaturally communicating to people through this, this form of, of communication. And, but also tells, uh, just you see where are given instructions and people are given warnings and all kinds of things. And we see that in the story of Joseph, which we'll look at today. But do you know that even today, people are experiencing a deep revelation of who God is through dreams? Muslim people are coming to faith in Jesus at record numbers all over the world because they're having dreams of Jesus visiting them and telling them that he is who he says that he is. Now, hopefully, you won't have to fall asleep this morning to have a revelation of who God is today and him come and appear to you and reveal to to you who he says that he is. But... uh, but God uses all kinds of different ways to communicate to people. And, and just like we believe that in these stories in Scripture that angels have come and they've spoke to people and they've given them revelation, we believe that God can use dreams too to make that happen. And that's not what my sermon's about today, but I just, I think it's true that it is that he can't do that. God can do whatever he wants to do. Matter of fact, he usually does what it is that you need him to do. He speaks to you in a way that makes sense to you. And he communicates in your language. Young people, he speaks to you a lot through music. There's a lot of messages that get communicated through music. Speaking of sleep, I'm tired. It's been a long weekend. I was thinking I might even fall asleep during my sermon today while I'm standing here. <laughs> Maybe I'll have a dream and I'll share it with you while I'm doing it. But yeah, so just pray for me as you're, as you're sitting out there like, man, how can we pray for Brady? Pray that just God give me some energy. So the past couple of weeks, we've, we've looked at this call of Christmas through the, the lens of these angels coming to human beings. So the first week, we talked about the candle of hope and Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad, was, was in um, light, lighting the candle of incense and burning incense and praying and he, as a priest. And an angel comes to him and tells him that he's going to have a son. And it was a call for him to prepare, to get prepared for the season prepared for the savior and so we 
answered the call to prepare that day. And then last week, we looked at the candle of, of peace. And that was when Mary was visited by the same angel. And he came to Mary. And he encouraged her. And he, and he gave her this word. And Mary responded in, in incredible faithfulness. And peace, I believe, came over her as a result of her willing to listen and to do what it was God called her to do. And today, today we're going to talk about God's love, this candle of love, this coming of love into the world. And we're going to do it through the lens of Joseph. And isn't it interesting that Joseph, the angel didn't come to him when he was awake. He came to him in a dream. And we're going to see Joseph's incredible faithfulness and obedience as well. And I think it, and I don't think, I believe it's all because of love. You're going to get used to hearing about love if you hang around here for very long because that is, I believe, the general theme, obviously, of the, of the Bible. And God is love. That's, that's who he is. That's his character. And as a result of love, that's, that's why we experience the things we experience and go through the things we go through. And that's why God is the way that he is, because of love. And so we're, gonna, we're going to discover that in this story. So for Joseph, his call this Christmas was a call to protect. So let's look at this, the story. Read, uh, look at Matthew chapter 1. We're going to go from, we did a couple chapters in Luke, but we're going to go back to Matthew for this story. And if you, if you know anything about the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see that uh, Mark and John don't have the birth narrative. They don't have the birth story. If you look at it, look at it you would see that uh, in Mark, uh, we, don't, we don't see the birth story because Jesus is already on the scene doing ministry. But Matthew gives a, a picture of what happened with Joseph that we don't get in any other story. So let's take a look at it. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. So let's pray. Let's just pray as we open up our hearts to God's word. Lord, thank you for speaking our language. And all of us come today and we, we all are in a different place in our, our, our journey with you in a different place in the world that we live in and we all maybe hear you a little bit differently. So I know you're a personal God because you created all of us with a unique DNA. And so, God, would you speak to us today in, a, in, a, in such a way that it's just, it's perfectly fit for us to hear. And then once we hear it, God, would we be as willing as Mary was and as Joseph was to walk it out as we leave here today? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So now the birth of Jesus, this is Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, remember we learned last week that's a legal contract that they were to be married, they were to consummate their marriage at some point. She was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, it says she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, now listen to this. Do you think that that's what Joseph was thinking about that night before he went to sleep? You know that was the thing on his mind. What am I going to do? 
This is not a good situation. This is not how I planned it growing up. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And that that means which God is with us. When Joseph awoke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. I want you to pay particular attention to this short little, little phrase, it's five letters, two words, and he. Okay, just think about that, and he. Two other times, an angel comes to Joseph and appears to him and tells him to do something. And this is all in chapter 2 of, of Matthew. If you turn over and look at chapter 2 where we're in verse 13 it says that this was after the baby had been born we're fast forward a little bit in the story it says that now when they had departed behold an angel of the lord appeared to joseph in a dream and said rise take the child and his mother flee to egypt which i think is always kind of interesting to me because then the people come out of egypt now he's going to go back there to find to find a place of uh, safety it's a, a harbor for him to find safety and so it says rise take the child mother flee to egypt and remain there until i tell you for herod is about to search for the child to destroy him and he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Fast forward a little bit again, look at verse 19. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream to Joseph again. Man, that's awesome. Not only did it happen once to him, three times he had an angelic uh, appearance in a dream And it says, now rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and he took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in a place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go back there. And being warned in a dream, again, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And listen to this. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. So that was what was spoken of by the prophets again that it might be fulfilled that he would be called a Nazarene. Okay, listen, nothing happens by accident with God. Did you know that? Nothing. Did you know in your life, now there might be some accidents and there might be some oops and there might be some mistakes or whatever, but if you are listening and you are following, it's not an accident. (laughs) God is going to direct you, he's going to lead you, and whatever happens, he's going to use it in your life to reveal himself to you and for you to reveal yourself or reveal him to others. And we talked about that a little bit last week. That's just the way it is, and you see this. But here's the thing I want you to know about Joseph, and we're going to get to it again here in just a moment, but I want to get to you Joseph's response every single time. 
wasn't, well, I'll think about it. If I get around to it, if, I, if, it, if it seems like a better option than these other options, no. And he followed and he did it. So I want you to keep that in mind. So Joseph's call was to protect. And in the beginning, the first part of the um, scripture that we read, that first passage, he is faced with this, this, this decision. How am I going to, what am I going to do with this, this situation that I'm in? Am I going to protect her? Am I going to divorce her quietly? Am I, I mean, because he had the option. He could have really made this a scene. This could have made the local news. This could have made national news. But he chose not to. I think because of, for one, his vertical love for the Father, because he was a just man. He wasn't just a man. He was a just man, a man who loved the Lord. And that's the reason why the angel came to him. Like, he was, he was handpicked for this because of his faith and because of his love for the Lord. And then he obviously loved Mary because he, his decision was to be quiet about it and not make a big spectacle. spectacle. And do you think maybe he was struggling a little bit with his love for himself, a little self-preservation here? Like, I'm going to take the easy road? I think so. Because as a man, that's how I'm wired. My first initial thing is, look, how can I get out of this the easiest way possible? Can I get an amen, men? Amen. And yeah, you know it's true. And your wives, you're like, I know it's true. See it all the time. Because we're like... That's why women have babies and not men, because they can endure. I watched my daughter go through hard, hard labor. Now, her husband stood by her, too, and he was there with her. But man, I would have given up on that deal a long time ago. I would have said, no more. Joseph maybe thought that he had so much to lose if, it, if he was going to uh, have to go through with this. Maybe... Um, Maybe he was faced with this decision that, uh, am I going to trust God in this whole deal? Or am I just going to do what I think is best for the culture that I live in? <laughs> we face with that decision a lot too, I think. But you know, um, God must have seen something in Joseph, like I said before, that he was going to be this, this man that was going to be a protector of Mary. Are you in a situation this Christmas season that might require some intervention from God? Because obviously God intervened in this scenario and he came to Joseph and spoke to him. But is there a need for intervention in your life? that you need God to come. Well, the good news is, is Joseph has given two instructions. He said you are to, well, more than two, but he said, you gotta give him the name Jesus and you gotta call him Emmanuel because the, the word Emmanuel means that God is present and God is with his people. And isn't it good news that God intervenes not from a distance, but from close up? I mean, he left heaven and came to earth in the form of a savior, in the form of Jesus. But in our own life, too, God can intervene at just the right time. Is there a situation where you, where you need that in your life right now? Maybe um, 
you're desperate for the need of a broken heart to be healed. <laughs> a broken heart to be healed. Maybe you have a need for a provision. Just too much month at the end of the money, you know, or, or things in your business or things in, the, in your financial life have just not gone the way you've planned. And you're coming in a season where it's great to give and you want to give, but you're thinking, I just don't know how, how, it's gonna, how we're going to make it. Last week, uh, I mentioned, you know, this, this idea of our need to forgive, but maybe you have a need to be forgiven today. You have a desperate need for God to intervene. <laughs> the good news is, is God knows where you are and what your situational um, circumstances of desperation entail. And he wants you to call on his name, ask and keep on asking for him to show up. And I love this phrase, and to show off in your life. Will you be ready for him to break through? Are you, are you prepared? Are you ready for him to break through in your situation? Reality is, though, is when he does, and I believe he will, he's going to ask you to do something you may not have thought of <laughs> to do on your own. And it's in that moment you're going to have to decide, am I going to trust him, am I going to follow or not? Maybe that's uh, what Joseph was going through when he appeared to him in the way that he did. So just listen to this. Joseph was given this call of Christmas through a dream. The angel conveyed to him that he was not only going to be given a son to raise, but he was also going to have to take this wife as his own. And he was going to be given this responsibility to protect them both. Man, what a dream, right? <laughs> what a dream and what a call. So Joseph said, woke up and he did exactly what God asked him to do. Joseph should be commended for his immediate obedience when he woke up from the sleep. He could have said, just could have shaken it off, it's only a dream. He could have hoped that it had been like my dreams where you try to remember them and it just disappeared. And he's like, yeah, I knew that wasn't real. That wasn't really true. But God communicated to him in a way that gave him courageous faith a call to protect this woman and this child. And this would be a call that would actually change the world. He did not forget his dream when he woke up. It was unforgettable and life-changing. And I was thinking to myself, isn't it funny? I just thought this thought. Joseph, middle, his middle name was Andy. <laughs> and he. <laughs> and he did what he was called to do. So I want to share these passages of scriptures with you real quick because I wanted to centralize on this idea of obedience and this thought to obey. So in John chapter 14, we see, and 15 as well, we see several examples. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. This is obviously much later in the story as Jesus has grown up and he's getting ready to actually leave and go to, uh, go to the cross. And listen to what he's telling his closest followers. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 14, 15. It says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him 
and I will manifest myself to him or I will show myself to him. Do you want to know a secret to the Christian life? It's really not a secret, but do you want to know it? It's obedience. It's anti. <laughs> and he followed through and she followed through. Like if you want to see the Lord, if you want to have experiences with the Lord that are deeper and more meaningful than you've ever experienced, then my, my thought would be is do the very next thing he's asking you to do. What is that? What would that be this morning? And you will experience in him in a, in a pretty profound way. I don't know that an angel will come to you in a dream. <laughs> you know, I don't know that, but maybe. If anyone loves me, it says he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and will make our home with him. John 15, 10 says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and I abide in his love. Jesus would never ask you to do anything that he has never done. He's, he's, he's followed and he's obeyed. And then John 15, 12 through 13 says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone should lay down his life for his friends. That's where you start to see how the, our love for the Lord and our obedience to him filters out and affects those around us. Aren't we glad that Joseph loved the Lord and he was willing to obey and how that affected Mary and the people that he came in contact with? So maybe God is calling you to do something this Christmas and he's calling you maybe to do it immediately. <laughs> is there a habit that needs to be stopped immediately? Is there an addiction that needs to be admitted, which is the first step of healing immediately? Is there a relationship that needs to be cultivated like do your part in, in making sure that relationship is healthy and is growing maybe it's with our children maybe it's with some other family members maybe it's some people in the community that we you know maybe you've felt this call like man I just need to reach out to so and so I just need to go and just knock on the door and see how they're doing and you've put it off but maybe immediately is the response today is there a move that needs to be made immediately? Is there something God is asking us to do? Trish, sometimes I speak too harshly to you. And you don't deserve that. And I probably do it just because I think you'll put up with it. And I'm sorry. And I'm going to do my best not to be that way. And I want you to hold me accountable to that. That's immediately. And that wasn't scripted. That's just real. Maybe that's something that you need to do too. Maybe we're, we speak so harshly to people we love the most. Why do we do that? 
you hear the call of God on your life this morning, maybe people who respond like Joseph responded. Maybe you're called to protect someone today. You know, they're, they're rela- they're maybe their um, reputation or protect them, like, physically. <laughs> uh, but it goes way beyond that. It goes way beyond a physical protection, I think. It also, uh, it's deeper because I think it helps us um, let others see what a healthy and a accurate relationship with God looks like. Like I think it, when we live that out, when we live out obedience, I think it helps others around us see that's, that's what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. It, I think it, it makes Jesus real to people. I think it makes the characters in this Christmas story real. There's a song that I was that I heard just the other day called "Real," and it's a it's a song. It's a story about how we look at the the plastic figures in the, the nativity scene, and we might be tricked into thinking that their stories weren't real, that they really weren't real people, or it's just a story that's made up for to give us encouragement. But these stories were these people really lived through this. They really were called to walk in obedience. They really were called to take risks. And praise God that they listened. Because it becomes real to you and me as we talk about it. And the thing that we want to be most real of all during the Christmas season is, is the reality of who Jesus is. And what it is that he wants to do in your life. Not only how he wants to be Emmanuel to you and come to you and be present with you, it's how he wants you to take him to other people, to let them experience that too. That's how he does it. He does it through you. He did it through Mary and Joseph, literally through them through her womb, into the world. Now he breathes his life into us so that we can live that out to other people. And listen, the reason why I really felt like I needed to do that with my wife, because if I can't be authentic and love her that way, then I, you have no hope for me to love you that way. None. May we learn this Christmas season to share him, to share this message with the world that needs to know him and his everlasting protection. Do you know his protection lasts for eternity? Nobody else can offer you that here on earth. So I want to finish up with this quote and I'll have the worship team come. This quote is from Calvin Miller, he, this comes from this, uh, this work called The Christ of Christmas, and he, he writes, let Jesus be incarnate in your life. Okay, that is, 
fleshly in you, like living this, he's manifesting himself through you. Let him be real in your life. And then maybe when you have stooped to serve the desperate and the dying, you will hear them say the word Emmanuel. When Christ becomes real in you, incarnate in your life, you will hear those that you are serving say, I cannot help but believe in Christ because I have seen him in your life. I cannot help but believe in Jesus because I see him in you. That's the call to us this Christmas, all of us. And maybe you're, you're here this morning, you say, you know, I, I've never seen Jesus like that before. Maybe you're starting to get a glimpse of him today. Maybe the call for each one of us is to say, how can Christ, or people see Christ more in me? I don't want you to leave this place and be more like Brady. I want you to leave this place and be more like Jesus. He's, that's your call. That's what he's asking us to do today. So I was pretty real and vulnerable with my wife today. We will pray together. What is it that you need to pray about today? What, do you, what is God asking you to do today? You're immediately. Now would be a good time to make that, that confession, that commitment. <laughs> if you walk out of here and don't do it, it might get taken away just like those dreams disappear. Your desire might disappear that quick too. So that's what this time is for. It's time to come and pray. And Brady, would you come and just stand here and you need Carrie come with him too because you, you have, she has such a gift of prayer and if you feel led to pray for other people you can come and stand here too that way people can come and pray okay whatever God is asking you to do today do it immediately <laughs>